0: Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, right. miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't feel him. Even when I don't feel him, he's working. Even when I don't see him, he's working. He never stops. stops stops. stops. stops You see, this worship started inside there. It's come out here and I can just feel the the power of worship. I can feel the, the presence of God as we worship. Thank God I'm going to stop. Others I'm going to go on and on and on. Waymaker, miracle worker. 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 You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. Waymaker, miracle worker. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working even when I don't see it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working my God that is who you are in the Ten, in the Ten Commandments in the Ten Commandments the movie of the Ten Commandments. We watch the movie, and Pharaoh comes back, and his wife asks, "Where are the children of Israel?" And he, he says, "They are God." That's his answer. There's something about their God. Waymaker, miracle worker. 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 Amen. Amen. We thank God. He's a waymaker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. Light in the darkness. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about prayer. As we are going through our prayer and fasting week, I was given specific instructions to talk about prayer today. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for what you have done, for the spirit of praise and worship that is here, Father. I pray that it won't stop. Lord, as we look into your word, speak to us, encourage us. Star us on in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about prayer. I got born again in 1994, November. 1994, November, I got born again, and this was my church. And ever since, I've been in this church. But there's something that I discovered very quickly when I got born again. I discovered that um, prayer is perhaps the most important kingdom activity as a Christian. So, wherever there were people praying, you'd find me there. Every time there are prayer meetings, you would find me there. Until today, most probably you'll find me in the prayer meetings. Fridays, mornings, before church, I always want to give prayer the preeminence. Because I quickly discovered that prayer is perhaps the most important kingdom activity. Now, just before I continue, I just want to quote somebody here. John Wesley, I think very many of you know John Wesley. He was behind the Methodist church movement. And he says, without God, man cannot. Without man, God will not. Let me repeat that. Without God, man cannot. Without man, God will not. You see, if I read my scriptures, I've soon discovered that God is a God of very few words. And very many people even here, waiting for God to speak to them. And you find that God is very, it's most of the time, his, his words are very spared. Why? Because when God speaks, he is bound by that word. It becomes a law. Once he speaks, it becomes a law. So he's going to be very careful what he says. I'm talking about prayer today. I'm going somewhere here. <laughs> so, God comes and uh, starts prayer in motion. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 he says then God said let us make man in our own image according to our likeness let them let them let them stressing let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let them, not God, let them, who? Man. Let them have dominion. That's where prayer started. So, as I said, God uses his words sparingly. So when he said this, he actually put a law in motion. Any time dominion wants to take place on earth, God has to look for a man. Let me put it carefully. I don't want to lose you guys. So anytime God wants to do something on earth, he looks for a body. Okay, let's go back to God. John chapter 4 verse 24. God is a spirit. And anybody who wants to worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit. So he decides to create man. So spirit decides to create spirit. So he creates man, another spirit. But a spirit on earth that does not have a body becomes illegal. So what does he do? He creates a body. You see, your body is very important when it comes to prayer. So he creates a body. And so that body is the one that enforces God's agenda here on earth. So what's my definition of prayer? My definition of prayer is prayer is giving God license to interfere with what's going on on the earth. Prayer is giving God the legal authority to do what he wants to do on earth. So when God wants to do something... He is looking for a body. A spirit that doesn't have a body here on earth is illegal. So you hear, oh, there's this house here. The lady in this house died. But if you go to that house, sometimes that lady appears. (laughs) Illegality. (laughs) That's not that lady. People go to the medium and spiritist. And say, oh, uncle so-and-so was called, he came. Uncle, so-and-so do not come. Here on earth, we are dealing with the body. Any spirit that does not have a body becomes illegal. Even the enemy knows that very well. So what does he do? He goes to the snake and negotiates and finds a body. After he finds a body, he deceives Eve. Because he wants to actually enforce his agenda. So what is prayer? Prayer is enforcing God's agenda using your body. You see your body is very important. Your body is very very important here on earth. You see your body should be used to enforce the work of God here on earth. Your physical body. It should be used to enforce the work of God here on earth. Sadly speaking, very many people use their bodies for all sorts of things. For raving and for sinning and doing all sorts of things. But your body, God created your body so that you should be always tapping and enforcing. Tapping and enforcing. That is prayer. You see, so God puts this in motion. He needs a body. So, For him to enforce his agenda, he brings Adam and puts a spirit within Adam. If Adam fails and he wants to set up a nation of Israel, he looks for another body, Abraham. And puts his spirit there. And he operates with that particular spirit. And that body enforces what God wants to enforce. So when he wants to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt, he looks for another body called Moses. And he starts communicating with Moses. And Moses enforces what needs to be enforced. When he wants to destroy the earth using a flood, he looks for another body. Noah. Your body is very important. (laughs) Your body is very, very important. A spirit without a body on earth becomes illegal. So, that's why when you die, it is finished. There's nothing you can do. What happens? Your body goes down to the ground and your spirit departs. But so long as you're in this earth, your body should be used to tap into heaven and enforce the kingdom. And tap into heaven and enforce the kingdom. Tap into heaven and enforce the kingdom. What are you doing with your body? Hmm. Are you looking for the next great holiday? Holidays are not bad. The Bible says in the last days, men. And women shall be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You should be tapping into God's agenda. Your body needs to be tapping into the Spirit and enforcing God's agenda. Tapping into the Spirit and enforcing God's agenda. Tapping into the Spirit and enforcing God's agenda. And so he goes and he finds another body called David and he enforces the kingdom. Of Israel using that body called David. David becomes a man of prayer and enforcing God's kingdom. Becomes a man of prayer and enforcing God's kingdom. And we go on and on and on and on until we reach Mary. When we reach Mary, the angel comes to Mary and says, Greetings, you favored one. Luke chapter 1 verse 28. Why is Mary favored? Mary is favored because God has found another body. He's found another body that he wants to enforce his kingdom in. Hail you favored one, Mary. You see, that is why God has got so much clamor and he wants to heal your body. Why does he want to heal your body? Very many people think he wants to heal my body so I can come and testify and then feel good. But that's not the primary reason why God wants to heal your body. God wants to heal your body so you can Enforce his Will here on earth Prayer is tapping into God And enforcing Tapping into God and enforcing Sadly people get healed And we never see them again in the prayer meetings We never see them again Praying over people We never see them again pushing God's agenda Have I lost you? Your body becomes very important sir Your body, very important. That's why I quickly realized that my body should be used to enforce God's kingdom. You see, there is a scripture, Bishop, there's a scripture that says pray without ceasing. And there's another scripture then that says man always ought to pray and faint not. I've never understood why those scriptures were given. Pray without ceasing. Man always ought to pray and faint not. I've never understood why until last week. <laughs> but thank God I used, to, I, I used to follow the word for it is. Now I understand why it says pray without ceasing. Because if you cease to pray, you cease to enforce God's kingdom. If you continue praying, you continue enforcing God's kingdom. Man always ought to pray and faint not. If you faint, you stop enforcing God's kingdom. If you continue praying, you continue enforcing God's kingdom. Pray without ceasing. I would like everybody here to be attending the prayers. That is my desire. (laughs) Because your body needs to be at the prayer meeting on Fridays. Last Friday, we were only five of us. Out of a total of roughly 200 people plus... If I count the people here and the people in Croydon, we're only five of us seeking God. Because you've got to understand that your body is needed to enforce God's kingdom. And when the time comes and your body is there, that's it. That's it. Spirit goes. God starts looking for another body. So, when God wanted to save the earth, he came to Mary and said, Hail, you favored one. And he put... A seed inside of Mary. And this seed is actually God. God has now come. Remember I told you that God will not go against his word. If he wants to come and do something here on earth, then he needs a body. So he comes and he puts a seed in Mary and as a result of that, we've got Jesus. We've got Jesus. The man Jesus. You see, when a baby is inside a mother's womb, the blood of that baby and the blood of that mother never mix. Medically speaking, this is not something spiritual. They never mix. Grace and mercy found me, oh, the blood of Jesus. That blood was not mixed with Mary's blood. It wasn't. In fact, we've got two children. Their blood types are different from their mother's blood type. So, another man comes. The man Jesus. I'm going to use another word. Another body comes. And it's called Jesus. Jesus is the body. Christ is the spirit. So, Jesus has come. He wants to, once again, enforce the kingdom of God because prayer is enforcing the kingdom of God. So he enforces the kingdom of God and he lives. Then after that, God is still looking for bodies. (laughs) Looking for the church, the apostles, the early church people. He's looking for bodies to be constantly praying and enforcing His kingdom. To be constantly praying and enforcing His kingdom. I said Jesus is the body; Christ is the spirit. What's another name for the church? Another name for the church is the body of the body. He's looking for another body—the body of Christ. I never said this in my preaching, but today I'm going to say it. Turn to your neighbor and say, "God needs your body." He needs your body. Your body is very important to enforce the things of this earth. It's called the body of Christ. I want to focus on Christ, Jesus Christ. The body of Christ. He's looking for a body. So, as we go evangelism, this particular body has been praying and praying and praying. And this body goes and finds another body. And he finds this body and this body is called Mr. David O'Gila. After praying. And he tells this body here, you need to give your life to Christ. Christ died for you. Mr. David O'Gila agrees. God now starts using Mr. David O'Gila's body. And what does Mr. Uh, uh, God tell Mr. David Ogiller's David body? He tells him, pray without ceasing, Mr. Aguilar. Yeah. He tells him, you ought to pray and faint not. Because if you stop praying, you stop enforcing my kingdom. If you cease praying, you cease enforcing God's kingdom. You need to be praying. Constantly. Why? Because we need to enforce God's kingdom. God cannot do anything here on earth till he gets a body. He needs your body. He needs your body. So let's talk about Jesus. Jesus is. Hmm. Let's talk. Let's let's start from the Old Testament. Let's start from the Old Testament. Before we start from the Old Testament, let me give you. Um, let me paint a picture here. If the Queen was to come here, what will happen to us as she walks in? Going to stand? We are going to stand. If the President comes here, or the President of the USA comes here, protocol demands that we we stand. When dignitaries come up here, protocol demands that we. When you meet Jesus, you never stand. You don't. You fall on your knees. I see it in the Old Testament I see it when Jesus was walking here on earth and I see it after Jesus left in the Old Testament Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and there were seraphims worshipping what did he say woe is me Isaiah was somebody who used to go and tell people hey you guys are unclean can you repent but the day he saw the Lord he himself I myself am also unclean When you meet Jesus, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're an atheist, if Jesus appear here, down on your knees. So Jesus comes and we see Simon going fishing. Luke chapter 5, verse uh, 5 to 8. Simon goes fishing and he says to Jesus, Master, I've toiled all night. But because you have said it, I'm going to cast my fish, uh, my net, into the sea. Because you have said it. Remember, Peter is an expert fisherman. I always say that there are so many experts in this world. He's an expert fisherman. They're expert economists. They're expert accountants. They're experts, engineers. But when God says it, you've got to do it. uh, Peter was an expert fisherman. But when God says, cast your fish into the sea, What did Peter do? He said, get away from me. God has arrived. In the book of John, when Jesus appeared to John. Sorry, in the book of Revelation, when Jesus appears to John. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9 to 20. What happens to John? He is slain down in the spirit. See, when Jesus arrives, you are slain down in the spirit. I am trying to reinforce who Jesus is before we look at his model of prayer. When Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, even before he said anything, he asked, who are you, Lord? He's already calling him Lord. He went blind. You see, I've got an issue, Mr. David O'Gill. I've got an issue when when worship starts and people are passive. (laughs) Looking at your phones, what's up? We are pressing on to God. I said when Jesus, Jesus, G, when Jesus died, there were around about thirty thousand deaths at that time. But when Jesus died, it was different ballgame altogether. <laughs> he died, and there was darkness for. 3 hours pitch black darkness the darkness that i showed my wife davinia when he we went to kenya in the countryside that if you stand close to me like this you can't even see my face when he died the curtain of the sanctuary tore open meaning that now not only the whole the, the high priest can get into the holy of holies anybody can now get into the holy of holies anyone he died until there was an earthquake. He died until dead saints, Old, Old Testament saints, we could see them walking around in town. He died until the, the centurion just looked at him and said, This surely is the Son of God. This, this is God. And the people who are there beat against their chests. In the Jewish tradition, if you beat against your chest, you are regretting what you've done. That's why John in the book of John says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. He is not like Luke or Matthew that talks about the genealogy. We're not dealing with human beings here. We're dealing with God. So, remember one thing Jesus came here as a man. He did not come here as a God. So you may say, oh, Jesus is doing all those miracles. Why? Because he is, a, he is God. He came here as a man, like you and me. But he had to tap in to God. He had to tap into God. And perhaps the greatest person to look at in terms of prayer is Jesus. How did Jesus pray? It's very interesting how Jesus was praying. He told them when he was talking about the Lord's Prayer, when you pray, not if, when you pray. In other words, you need to be constantly praying. You need to be constantly praying. Jesus was very, very interesting with his prayer mode. First of all, Jesus never did corporate prayer. Hmm. Oh, am I teaching wrong doctrine today? Jesus always prayed alone. Always, I'm not saying there's nothing. There's something wrong with corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is very important. I see the in the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 12. I see the church praying corporately for Peter. Corporate prayer is very important. But let's model Jesus. He always prayed alone. He always prayed in gardens and in mountains where there's no destruction. Meaning that you and I need to get into the practice of praying where there's least destruction. Modeling Jesus. In as much as corporate prayer is important, your individual prayer is very, very important. He used to pray in very quiet places. And uh, If you read, let's read a few scriptures. Let's read a few scriptures. Luke chapter 22. Sorry, let's start with Matthew. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 38. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. Sit here while I go and pray over there. You will never find anywhere in the scriptures... He had collected all his disciples and they were praying together. He would take his disciples, then he would take the three, and out of the three, he would tell them, wait here, I'm going to pray. Luke chapter 22, verse 39 to 46. He says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom, as was his norm. He was used to doing this. It was his norm. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And then he says, he was withdrawn, verse 41. He was withdrawn from them about a stone throw. He left them again, went to pray alone. All right, let's, let's look at this more intently. Jesus, his prayer mode, was praying alone. He was also accustomed to waking up in the morning and praying. In fact, biblical scholars tell us that Jesus spent a third of his life here on earth praying. So if he was to live for 90 years, he would have been praying for 30 years. Constantly, day and night. My brothers, my sisters, pray without ceasing. I hope I can encourage you to start plugging into prayer. Once again, you want God's agenda into your life? Pray without ceasing. So Jesus would go early in the morning as was his custom, as was what he was used to. And it is said that before the day broke, he had already finished praying. Now, let's do some geography here. I know that if I go to Africa and if I go to Kenya, Kenya is straddled by the equator. And so I know that the sun actually comes out around about 5 a.m. But in the Middle East, it's far away from the equator. So the sun will come out in the Middle East around about 4 a.m. So what does that mean? Jesus was already praying three hours before the day broke. Three to four hours and then he would go and do his business. That was his custom. Four hours of praying, one minute of miracles, one minute of raising the dead, one minute of walking over the water, one minute of feeding the, the, uh, the loaves and the fishes, one minute opening eyes, four hours of prayer, one minute of miracles. The problem is we've got it all twisted. We spend four hours trying to cast out. Come out. And we spend one minute in prayer. This, this, this message is life changing. It, it changed my life, to be honest. <laughs> Jesus spent four hours praying, one minute doing his miracles. Four hours praying, one minute doing his miracles. Pray without ceasing. Man always ought to pray and faint not. If I was one of the disciples, if you look at me, if one of the disciples, I would ask Jesus something. How are you walking on water and spitting on the floor and putting mud on people's eyes and they can see? How are you doing these things? Turning water into wine doing all of these miracles. How, how, how? how? You need to teach me this. Hurricane Katrina is approaching sorry, if from the US. Hurricane Katrina is approaching the, the seas and it's coming. It's coming in the English Channel. And he wakes up and says, be still and he goes back to sleep. How, 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 how are you doing this? I want to know. Remember, Jesus came here not as God. He came here as a man like you and me. He was spending time prayer before coming to do these miracles. So I would, ask the, I would ask the same questions. How? 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 I need to know how to do this. I really need to know how to do this. But the disciples were very smart. They did not ask, how are you doing this? This is what they asked. Lord, teach us how to pray. Because if we pray like you, all these miracles will be dealing with them. Model, let us model your prayer life. Because we know if we model your prayer life, all these other things will be in place. As I told you, from the day I became a Christian, I had already discovered the study of neology. Getting on your knees. For things to move, I have to tap into God. God. My body is going to be here for a very limited time. I need to pray without ceasing. If I need God's agenda in my life, I need to pray without ceasing. I knew that I need to be there for prayer meetings. I need to be praying individually. In my car, I need to be praying. I need to be praying so long as my body is here on earth, I need to be enforcing God's agenda here. Pray without ceasing. Prayer. 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 All right. I'm going to finish with this and we're going to pray for a while. Jesus. Prayer is not for certain people. Okay. Let's look at Daniel. Daniel was a man given to prayer. Daniel 6 verse 20. Daniel 6 verse 20. It says when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem he knelt down on his knees. How many times? Three times a day and prayed and gave and gave thanks before his God as was what? His norm. As was his custom. As was his lifestyle. Three times a day. Now, when Daniel is mentioned in the Bible, very many of us, the first thing we think about is Daniel is a prophet. True or false? He is a prophet, so let's let's excuse him. He is a prophet. But if you read Daniel's life, Daniel is not so much so a prophet. Daniel is what I would call today a professional chief administrator of Babylon in charge of the whole province of Babylon he was the prime minister let me try and bring it home Daniel was somebody who perhaps went into university got his degree went into the corporate sector moved on with his career went into the civil service moved over to the um, 10 Downing Street, 11 Downing Street, became an advisor to the prime minister, eventually became a prime minister. But we dismiss that and we think, oh, he's a prophet, so he has to be a man of prayer. Daniel was not a prophet per se. He was a professional. By the way, the church has got the highest number of professionals as a body in the world. Do you know that? We start just speaking of professionals here. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, lecturers, teachers, all sorts of graphic designers are here. IT people. Daniel was a professional. Daniel was not a prophet per se. But how many times did he pray? Three times a day. Oh, so you're a professional. You can't pray. You're too busy. Huh? I'm too busy building my career. Hmm. I say, said, David, why are you coming to get me today? Today I've woken up for you. <laughs> huh? How many times a day? A prime minister. Three times a day. No wonder, this is David's interpretation. No wonder when he was thrown into the, the lion's den, the lion's mouth was shut. I believe that the prayers that he had been praying had already shut the lions into the future. You need to be praying. You don't know what's happening in the future. You need to be soaked in a prayer. I said, let me go back to Genesis. God created your body so that you can enforce his agenda here on earth. Your body is not meant for all those pleasures. They are good, by the way, as long as they're not sinful but primarily your body is supposed to enforce the kingdom of God here on earth through prayer your body is supposed to house your spirit and your spirit is supposed to tap into God constantly you stop praying you stop enforcing it pray without ceasing I hope that we are all going to turn up for prayers or should I take a roll call you're a professional and you need things working in your life. You've got no excuse. You've got no excuse anymore. There are people there who are busy, busy running nations. Babylon at that time was like a superpower. Was equivalent to a superpower? But he had time to pray. He had time to seek the Lord. Three times a day. Not three times a week. Not three times a month. Three times a day. A consummate professional. I've got no excuse but to pray. You may have so many degrees than a thermometer. That doesn't excuse you. We need to enforce God's agenda. We need to enforce God's agenda here On earth. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And I'd like us to pray. Let's stand please. As uh, we've been praying. Fasting and praying. I think the Lord has been giving us. Certain words. And one of the key words. That the Lord gave us. As we have been praying. Is. Found in the book of Haggai. I was telling the guys at the prayer that in Africa, we call him Haggai. In England, they say Haggai. But in Africa, I say Haggai. The book of Haggai. It's just a joke, by the way, sorry. So, the book of Haggai, chapter 1. This, I think, is a scripture that the Lord gave us. And I'd like us to pray into it. From verse 3. I'll start from verse 2. Let me start from verse 2. It says, Thus say, speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, These people say the time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built has not come. See what the Lord says. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for yourselves to dwell in panel houses? And this temple lies in ruins. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your, your ways. Sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. He who earns wages earns wages and puts it in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build my temple. Build my church. Start focusing on my agenda. It says, you're very good at building your houses and restoring your houses. But you've left my house a waste. Because you've left my house a waste, when you put money in your bags, it disappears. You're always struggling, so to speak. But it says, as you come back, Another thing I knew very quickly as a Christian is that so long as I am putting God's work first, he will be taking care of me. It may be a function of time, but I know God will be taking care of me because I seek to put his house first. He says, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. Says the Lord. You look for much, but indeed it came to little. When you brought it home, I blew it away. The Lord blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. Because my house that is in ruins. We have stopped thinking about God's agenda. Thinking about our own agenda. Building our own stuff. Building our own things. And it says, because of that, my house is in windswell, Every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew. The earth withhold its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains on the grain and the new wine. And the oil on water and the ground brings forth of men, lives and all the labor of your hands. He has called a drought. The Lord. And I think it's time to start tapping again into the things of God. As a church, the Lord would want you to be somebody who is going about the Father's business. As you go about the Father's business, all these other things fall into place. Seek ye first, the kingdom of God.